This is the Sunday Messages podcast from Cedar Valley Unitarian Universalists in Cedar Falls, Iowa, and I'm your host, Kat Bean Hansen. Welcome, we're glad you're here. Today's message comes from our service on Sunday, September 24th, 2023. In honor of our Jewish siblings' recent observance of Yom Kippur, Pastor Emma Peterson gives a message about forgiveness. There's a bit more to the story of Jonah. When the people of Nineveh repented and changed their ways, the Lord felt moved and reversed the decision to decimate the city. Well, rather than rejoice at his role in reversing a whole population's certain fate, Jonah threw a mighty tantrum. He yelled at the Lord, seemingly disappointed that Nineveh had escaped punishment. He cried out to the Lord saying, Oh Lord, isn't this just what I said when I was still in my own country? This is why I fled to Tarshish, for I know that you are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in kindness, renouncing punishment. Please, Lord, take my life, for I would rather die than live. He seems upset at this perceived wasted time. He knew the compassion and the mercy of the God he loved. He knew the Lord would likely forgive the people of Nineveh once they changed their ways. Why did the Lord force him to go through all of this? Jonah stomps out to the outskirts of the city and he sets up a small booth is what it's called in the text, uh, likely where he intends to watch the destruction of the city. He's there for the show. We are not told if Jonah has some sort of personal grudge against Nineveh. We do know that it was a powerful place full of wealth and apparent hypocrisy. Maybe Jonah disagrees with the Lord. Perhaps he is experiencing the very human emotion of a desire for some sort of revenge. Many of us can relate to this if we admit it. Well, we may not publicly admit it. We might not say it out loud. Many of us have wished to see someone we don't like very much brought down a peg or two. And our modern culture is full of examples of gleeful consumption of a prominent public figure's fall from grace. Many of us, if we really admitted it in our heart of hearts, wish to see whole swaths of folks whom we disagree with get their comeuppance. So Jonah has decamped to the outskirts of the city. He's built up this this booth to watch the show. And the sun is just beating down. It's very uncomfortable. So the Lord commands a shade tree to grow up over Jonah's head so that he can be comfortable while he stews and waits for a consequence that is never coming. Jonah is very grateful 
for the tree, but the next day the Lord sends a worm to destroy it. Jonah again takes up wailing. The desert sun beats down on Jonah, and he again claims that he would rather die than live. Are you really that grieved about the death of a plant? The Lord asks Jonah, astonished by the dramatics. Yes, he replied, so deeply that I want to die. Then the Lord said, you cared about the plant, which you did not work for, and which you did not grow, which appeared overnight and perished overnight. And I should not care about Nineveh, the great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not yet know their right hand from their left, and many beasts as well. Therein ends the book of Jonah with the Lord's compassionate words for people who don't yet understand the depth of their wickedness and all their cattle and livestock and even their house pets. When we leave, Jonah is still sulking. We never hear from him again, and we're left to wonder if he ever got over it. The book of Jonah is typically read during Yom Kippur services because at this point in the 10 days of repentance that follow Rosh Hashanah, Jonah is a highly relatable figure. Yom Kippur is the Jewish day of atonement. Those who observe spend 25 hours fasting. They do not eat food or drink water. They do not apply hand lotion or bathe or wear comfortable shoes or enjoy relations with their spouse. Those participating in this day of atonement spend it in the temple, speaking with God and asking for forgiveness. The 10 days preceding Yom Kippur are meant to be a period of deep reflection. The year behind is evaluated, missteps are acknowledged, plans for the year ahead are put in place, and a commitment to be a better, more faithful person is made. But on the day of Yom Kippur, at least internally, all people are Jonah. All one might want is a sip of water or a fresh application of chapstick or whatever proverbial shade tree our basest human desires are crying out for. But it does not come. Instead, those observing the Day of Atonement must endure the fast, and they must commune deeply with their shadow self. This is a day when a person's least flattering habits and tendencies are revealed. This is the day when pushed to the limits, the faithful are invited to recommit to the straight and narrow path, to confess and atone for their sins, and to seek forgiveness from God so a closer, more real relationship may be formed. Yom Kippur is meant specifically for people to seek forgiveness for the transgressions committed between themselves and God. One is encouraged to arrive at Yom Kippur with a clean conscience, having already sought forgiveness for the wrongs committed between them and another person. Jewish law has a lot to say about forgiveness between human beings. If a person is brave and humble enough to seek forgiveness, 
the person who has been wronged ought to be brave and humble enough to accept it. Easier said than done. According to Jewish law, one is required to ask for forgiveness three times. If after three times, the person who has who was wronged still has not granted forgiveness, then the guilty party is no longer obligated to ask. It might sound easy and black and white, but human beings are enormously messy creatures. Seeking forgiveness, let alone admitting to yourself and another that you were wrong and your actions caused harm, is super hard. I fear that we have entrenched ourselves in a culture of premature absolution. Pop psychology has flooded the zeitgeist with words like narcissist and boundaries and codependency. While these words and their definitions are sometimes illuminating and helpful in understanding a circumstance we might be in or a dynamic we're trying to make better, we also often cling to these words and we label uh situations and people with these words when we don't really have the training or the evidence to do so. I think we often cling to these words, at least in part, to deflect from our own contributions to the breakdown in relationships. Cutting people off becomes a new kind of self-care. And we become likely, more likely, to sever a relationship than to do the hard and meaningful work of reconciliation. One of the primary lessons of ministry is learning to take the L or accept the loss or admit fault first. Ministers are meant to model seeking forgiveness for their missteps to the wider congregation. While folks often unfairly hold ministers to impossible standards, ministers themselves are meant to unashamedly embrace their human fallibility by admitting when they mess up and consistently returning to the table to try and do better next time. In my own life, I've witnessed ministers who refuse to do this and the ripple effects of their misconduct and their refusal to admit their wrongs can impact and damage a congregation for decades to come. I'm still learning how to do this. It is easier to seek forgiveness from some than from others. It is easier to admit some mistakes and faults and shortcomings than it is to acknowledge others. Emotions like shame and embarrassment and real strong fear of rejection take up a lot of space and make a lot of noise. But I'm committed to sticking it out. I'm committed to getting better and growing through whatever I go through. I think of ministry as a door that never closes and has no lock. For me, the door is always open. Reconciliation is always possible. A reflection from Temple Beth David titled On Seeking Forgiveness writes, We learn in a Midrash, a Jewish legend, 
that forgiveness was a necessary component of creation. This Midrash teaches that when Adam and Eve ate the fruit and were ejected from the Garden of Eden, they were also forgiven by God. Rabbi David Wolp interprets this Midrash to mean that the world and its existence begins with forgiveness. While there was sin at the beginning, it is important to notice Judaism's emphasis on forgiveness in this story and not the sin. For without mercy, the world cannot survive. Every person will sin, but we will have the strength to forgive when asked. Rabbi Wolp goes on to say, forgiveness is a generosity of the heart, not an example of clear thinking. Forgiveness is a generosity of the heart, not an example of clear thinking. What a marvelous acknowledgement. What a fine endorsement regarding the overratedness of clear thinking. What a stunning declaration of the power and the magic of living in one's heart center. In my learning about Yom Kippur and the 10 days that preceded it this week, I'm coming away with an even deeper conviction regarding what our secular world is missing. We are discouraged away from deep self-reflection. Instead, we are encouraged to plaster up our our shortcomings, our wounds, and our foul ability. We are encouraged to move on from trauma and the things that have wounded us. Think think about how our culture has responded to COVID-19. How often do you hear uh, phrases like, well, now that COVID is over, or, or just this, this sort of like mass delusion of what we went through and how, how impacted all of us were and all of us continue to be. We're, we're being encouraged to act as if it never happened. And, and we're being encouraged to pretend that it's not happening anymore even though the levels of infection of COVID are higher than they were in 2020 and 2021. It's, it's madness. It's this kind of mass delusion that really bothers me. What a different world this would be if instead of the constant pressure to be ever charging forward, forgetting the past, striving to be as productive and unemotional as possible, We all entered into a period of deep self-reflection and atonement at the turning over of each year. Imagine if we did away with the cheap instant gratification of New Year's resolutions, and instead we were encouraged to really take honest stock of the year behind us and recommit to becoming better, more honest, more authentic versions of ourselves in the year ahead. Imagine if we got over the difficulty of saying we're sorry. Imagine if we made a commitment to living our lives with the generosity of our hearts. Imagine how much more real, more authentic, how much closer and more impactful our relationships to each other and ourselves could become. 
Years ago, a friend gifted me a text titled The Book of Solace by Dane Cutler. The book contains a series of blessings and prayers for Jewish people enduring loss and grief. It was given to me to offer some insight into the religious lives of Jewish patients I might encounter as a chaplain. The end of the book includes an author's note from Cutler, who explains it was written during a period of deep personal and communal upheaval. And, quote, it was in this near constant state of uproar that the clarity of God's voice emerged, not from me, but through me in the moments when I could be calm enough to listen. I'll end my message today with words from the book of Solace. And God says, that which doesn't break you doesn't break you because you chose community. Imperfect, lurching, and leaning into the wind, you chose to build your family out of all the bent and rusted, the scraps and shards, fitting them together in a holy mosaic. You hold it together with your collective unbreakability. And it holds you. Amen and blessed be. This has been the Sunday Messages podcast from Cedar Valley Unitarian Universalists. The music is by Nathan Moore. If you want to learn more about the CVUU, visit our website at www.cedarvalleyuu.org. And you can also find us on Facebook or Instagram at Cedar Valley UU. We welcome visitors from anywhere to virtually attend our services on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Central Time. If you'd like to learn more about joining us for a service, send us an email at cvuupodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.